Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Robert Fleming, one of the partners at the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. And one of the other partners, Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, is my co-host for this Elder Law Issues podcast. Elizabeth, welcome back. Thanks, Robert. Happy to be here. Uh, I thought today maybe we could talk about something that has been kind of bubbling up to the surface lately that affects a lot of um, uh, seniors and people who are handling estates of those who have become incapacitated and, and the recently deceased. And that is what's being become, becoming frequently being called, stumbling over words there, deed fraud. Have you heard about deed fraud, Elizabeth? I've heard a bit about it, Robert, and it sounds pretty scary. Uh, it is pretty scary. What What is being reported nationwide is that there's an increase in the number of cases where someone files a fraudulent deed obtains title to a house that they don't actually own, resells it or puts a mortgage on it, or uh, may resell it several times, um, and effectively steals the property from the owner. Sounds pretty, pretty scary and ominous, doesn't it? It does. And you know, Robert, this day and age, I have to say, so much is available online if somebody were to go and look for an old deed or my signature to a certain document, they'd probably be able to find it online. So while it sounds scary, it, it does not sound outlandish. Exactly. I think that uh, that nothing has really changed in the law that makes this more common, but what's changed is, is the technology the ability to look things up, the ability to record digitally. You no longer have to take your deed down to the county recorder's office and record it. You can do it all online. Uh, The ability to have things notarized remotely. All of those give new opportunities to people who who want to commit fraud. There's a, a case out of Phoenix that was recently reported in which a woman discovered that her father's house after he had died had been sold even though she didn't know anything about it and the person who had had sold it had apparently a forged driver's license and uh, and and persuaded a notary in California that he was the father despite the fact that his driver's license said he was born in 1988 and the father took title to the house in 1978. No one seemed to have noticed that. And by the time she discovered there was a problem, there had been a couple more transactions and she was suing not only the person who had stolen the property but also the people who bought it from him. And Robert, I I have to say we work with many people here in our practice who are transferring title for real estate purposes to a trust, perhaps, or out of a trust, into an estate, or to a beneficiary. And so we are often in the middle of transactions, and one of the most important things is actually doing the research on a deed. We tell people it's important to note that we don't offer title insurance and we're not able to do the same things that a title company would do as far as looking back on certain records or providing any kind of insurance going forward. I think one of the the fancy law, law school phrases is cloud on title. And that is something when we talk to people, sometimes we'll look back at the chain of title and see that there are some issues. In those cases, Robert, we just stop. We don't continue to prepare a deed or try and transact business if there is a cloud on title. And I think one of the things about this deed stuff that you're explaining now 
this, these fraudulent deeds that's so scary is that there's actually no apparent cloud on title. Right. Everything, if you look at the records, looks kosher. It looks like it was done properly. It's just that it wasn't. Uh, there are people who sell something that is sometimes called title insurance, but it's not really title insurance in the, in the traditional way we think of title insurance. It doesn't protect against these fraudulent transfers. What it does is provide a title lock, an attempt to double check that there hasn't been any transaction on your title uh, on a periodic basis. And of course, you can do that yourself. You could go online, at least in Arizona, you could go online and look up the current owner of a piece of property pretty easily and, and see that it's no longer you. I think it's probably worth mentioning that the people who are the most subject to this are people who are not in their homes. If somebody bought your home fraudulently and you were still living there, they would kind of notice that there was somebody there. They'd be on notice that, that you claimed an ownership interest. And so those aren't the low-hanging fruit that the thieves are looking for. They're looking for houses of the recently deceased, houses where the owners have, have moved into nursing homes or uh, in with their family or something, and the house is vacant. So if you have a vacant home, uh, or if you've inherited a vacant home, that really raises the, the, the need to be alert to the title status. And Robert, I think that that's a startling reality for people who think, well, I have somebody who goes and checks on the plants periodically or goes over and starts the car when we're traveling for six or seven months at a time. But this is actually work that can be done online. And so it doesn't really help if you've got somebody going over to your house to do some watering. I mean, they would presumably notice the new people who moved in. But what's happening, Robert, is, is that when people are recording these fraudulent deeds, in some cases, they're going then to get loans. They're, they're going to take out lines of credit, home, home equity um, loans and lines of credit on these properties. And so... In fact, Robert, you may not need to have somebody living there either in order to have really been been duped, I guess. That's right. That's exactly correct. It could happen. And so you, you really need to be alert to this. You know, I think a lot of people are uh, confused about title and deeds. In Arizona, at least, uh, you don't have to have your, your title to your house. You don't have to have a deed that conveys it to you to prove that it's yours you have only to check the records and see what has been recorded. And if somebody says, well, I don't, I don't worry about, uh, about fake deeds because I have the deed to my house. Well, the deed to your house is not of any significance if there is a later deed, a correct deed by you transferring the property away. And so we're talking about fraudulent deeds by which somebody has conveyed the title away. We can set aside those fraudulent deeds. I say we, we the system, can set aside those fraudulent deeds. We don't practice real estate law at Fleming and Curdy, so we're not the ones to set aside the deed, but, but it can be done. But the difficulty is if, as you say, Elizabeth, someone has borrowed money against the, the property while it appeared to be in their name, or they have resold it to people who were not part of the fraud and didn't know about the fraud, and it can be way more complicated to unwind those transactions. Well, Robert, I think that we should have people remember to stay alert, and when you are involved in a real estate transaction, to make sure to take the time, if you're working with a good escrow officer, and understand what the chain of title looks like. I think this is also important time to note, Robert, we have 
people who will come into us, very smart, capable people who have gone online and actually used forms to create their own kinds of quick claim deeds or beneficiary deeds or different kinds of revocations or easements. And I saw one just the other day and we really discourage this and we discourage it not just because what you've created may not be valid so you may have actually created a document even though it's been notarized and recorded that does not uh, transfer valid title in a valid way but we also try and discourage people from doing this because it really mucks up the chain of title and so if you end up in our office wanting to transfer title to your home to your trust we're going to go back and we're going to look at the chain of title and it's really hard for us to feel great about the chain of title if there are lots of goofy documents in between we're probably going to tell you you should go work with the title company get some title insurance we're going to do our very best to make sure we direct you to folks that can can help you clean up anything we like at Fleming and Curdy to help in the ways that we can but as you said Robert we are not attorneys specialized in real estate and we don't have the same capabilities as a title company when it comes to some of that cleanup work and uh, my dog Roz would like to weigh in on that subject uh, I think she may be offended not by the title fraud but by somebody foolishly walking by our office while we're <laughs> while we're trying to record a it podcast. is a Saturday Robert it is What's the bottom line? What what advice do we have for people? Be cautious. Use professionals. If you have a vacant house or uh, or a house in distress in some way, uh, pay attention to the to the title um, and be prepared to defend your title if uh, if anything happens as quickly as possible before uh, before there are s- subsequent transactions. I think that's our best advice. Yes, it's a real problem. It's not happening terribly often. We haven't seen instances of it in our office, but we have read about them in the community, um, and, uh, and you need to be alert. Well, Robert, I learned something new today. Thank you very much. I, I didn't realize that I should be checking, checking on the title of my home. That's right. Everyone should double check. Uh, it's worth doing. You've been listening to me, Robert Fleming, and my partner, Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. We are two of the partners at Fleming and Curdy PLC, a Tucson, Arizona elder law firm. And this is our weekly elder law issues podcast. We hope you will join us and Roz or Duncan or or Grace or whichever of the dogs decides to weigh in at future uh, future instances of our podcast. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>